Welcome to The Milk Diaries, the podcast for moms who want to learn to trust their bodies and breastfeed with radical joy and confidence. We'll share stories of overcoming breastfeeding challenges and break free of those status quo narratives. Hello, everyone. This is Andrea, and this is my second week podcasting. Thank you if you listened to the first week. Last week, we talked about the whole breastfeeding is overrated myth, and we talked about the different studies that Emily Oster used to kind of perpetuate that myth. We talked about is breastfeeding really bad for your mental health? And we also talked about the benefits of breastfeeding for mom. So if you missed that, make sure you check out my debut episode. Today, I'm going to do a little something different. And I get this question a lot. And that is, how did I get into this work? Or how did I become an online lactation counselor? So I'm kind of going to go over my journey into that today. So I've told this story before about why I wanted to to help women with breastfeeding and that is because I was obsessed with it when I finally figured it out with my daughter. I was like, oh my god, everyone needs to do this. This is amazing. I was involved in La Leche League, which is a peer breastfeeding counseling organization. I was involved with it back where I used to live. And then when we moved to our current area, I started attending meetings again. And if you listened to the first episode, you knew that I used to be a teacher. So I was a teacher for eight years. After getting fired, I got another job and I actually quit to move back home where we were living out, you know, somewhere else where my husband had to get a job. And then we moved back home where our families were. And it ended up being like in September. And I was like, well, I'm not going to get another teaching job right now. We just moved. And then it turned into, well, I'm not going to get another teaching job because we're going to have another baby. And then it turned into, well, there's a pandemic. And then it turned into, hey, I'm not going back to my teaching job. (laughs) And I remember telling my husband, I really wanted to go into being a lactation consultant. He initially really wasn't that supportive. He's like, being a teacher is so easy. You have so much time off and you get all these benefits and awesome retirement. Why do you want to do, why don't you want to do that? And he's just like a logical brain. Um, That's just how he sees things. But really... I was never excited to go into work as a teacher. I never liked it. I kind of dreaded it. And especially after the pandemic, uh, I would just never want to be in that environment. But my husband is the logical brain and he's trying to be realistic saying no one around here is going to pay what you would need to make to help them breastfeed. Like, look where we are. We're in rural, upstate New York. People go into the gas station smoking their cigarettes and drinking their monsters for breakfast. No one cares about breastfeeding. You know, how are you going to make enough money? And then I also went to this little seminar that a local IBCLC put on. 
And it was called How to Become an IBCLC. So the whole thing ended up being like very discouraging because she just talked about how hard it was and how long it took and how little money she made. So I kind of just left there being extremely discouraged. I don't know if that was her goal or she was just trying to be realistic. Like, look, this takes years. And also I made not a lot until five, you know, five-ish years into my business. So I was very discouraged because the road to IBCLC is very difficult, which I am going to do a podcast next week on the different types of lactation consultants to kind of like clear up the confusion, I guess. So at this time, I was also doing Beauty Counter, which is an MLN. I was trying so hard doing the cringiest things to try to make money in order to live the dream of the staying at home, taking care of your kids. So I have like a long history of trying to make money from home with blogging, MLM, teachers pay teachers. So it's not like a new concept to me, but I truly did not want to go back to being a teacher. So during that seminar with the IBCLC, she mentioned the several ways that you had to get mentorship hours in order to be an IBCLC, and one of them was to become a La Leche League leader. And I was already in talks with the local group about this, wanting to become a leader and talking through what the requirements were. And yeah, the motivation behind it was to become an IBCLC eventually, but I actually loved going to meetings. I loved helping moms. So I just figured, okay, why not do that? So I went through the process of becoming a La Leche League leader, which involves meeting with the group, talking with the women, getting quizzed on different topics, reading some books, doing practice calls, and then you're a leader. And I try, and I started doing meetings. Like I did my first meeting in February 2020, and then everything shut down, so I wasn't really able to do a lot of in-person meetings. That year I did virtual meetings, so... I was kind of doing that for all of 2020. Obviously, I had my son in the very end of 2019. So I wasn't looking super far ahead in terms of trying to make money. I was still doing beauty counter. And I still had in the back of my mind, I I want to be a lactation consultant. But I don't know, I guess in 2020, it was just I was freshly postpartum the pandemic. I just kind of put it on the back burner. Then at the end of 2020, I remember having a conversation with my husband and just crying because at this point, he's still thinking in his mind, I'm going back to work as a teacher. And he's like disappointed that I'm not. And before you start thinking, well, your husband sucks, he's realistic. He's the only one bringing in money for our family at this point. He's worried about retirement, which if I was a teacher, retirement is set. So I can understand that. But I was crying. I was like, I don't want to do this. I had flashbacks to when I was a teenager, I wanted to go to college for writing, which I mentioned in the last podcast. My parents told me the same thing. They're the realistic, the logical. They're not the dream chasers. They're like, you're never going to make money doing that. You need to be practical. Life is not about your dreams. So that, my husband saying the same thing to me like years later, like triggered me. I was like, no, I am doing this. I am going to do it. 
so that year in the very beginning of 2021 I signed up for the childbirth international lactation counselor course with some money that my dad had given me for Christmas so once again now I have the hours from from La Leche League I have my what's called the lactation education hours which is the LC certification that I that I enrolled in with Childbirth International that one was about 130 hours all the different ones and I'll talk about this next week all the different ones have different prices different hours so that is also a piece that you need to become an IBCLC so I'm still thinking like I'm on this track right and if you didn't know what an IBCLC is it's internationally board certified lactation consultant and it's kind of the highest level of lactation consultant you can be and we'll talk about it next week there's very many requirements not only is the mentoring or in-person requirement extremely time consuming but then you also have to have college classes so I'm still doing my lactation counselor training I'm being a Leche league leader you know when I look at the difference in scope regarding what an IBCLC can do versus an LC doesn't look too different to me and just like on a whim I I don't remember because like I said I've always been sort of trying to make money from home and I came across something because I was in the the direct sales space I feel like the pandemic really opened up a new era in online education and I came across this ebook about growing and monetizing an Instagram from an online network marketing coach that I followed and it was just a very simple ebook that explained how to niche down how to create an account and I was like well I'm not doing anything else I'm, I'm doing my LC certification I can start an Instagram account like a light bulb moment happened I knew what account I wanted to make. I wanted to make shape a new narrative of motherhood focused on trusting your instincts instead of all the overload of information. Using breastfeeding as sort of the vehicle. Breastfeeding is like the mother of using your instincts, if you will. So that was something I struggled with using my instincts. So that was my that was just my idea. I didn't have any certification. I didn't have a plan, but I was like I'm going to start this account. And maybe once I get my certification, I can start seeing people online based on this account. I had no idea what this was going to turn into. In the back of my mind, like I said, I was still on the IBCLC course, like path. But the more I thought about it, thinking about all the money... I would have to invest and the subsequent demand for my services that would be in my small rural area. I really started to think, you know, how was I going to get $350 a visit out of people in my tiny rural town? Like I said, not really caring about breastfeeding the people around me. There's very established, successful IBCLC in both near cities. How am I going to compete with them? There's also the possibility of getting the IBCLC and then being hired by a hospital or other healthcare facility, but those jobs seem to be like few and far between, and most of them 
require an RN as well. Some hospitals will hire you without one, but many want the RN. It just didn't seem worth it to keep going. And I don't know if I will in the future. I might. I still have my Lelechi League hours. But like I already went through six years of college or more with thousands of dollars for a degree that I didn't even use. And I need more college classes for the IBCLC too. I figured I'm going to try the online route. I started seeing different people doing online work, online courses, online digital guides, workshops, products. I think Kylie, the the autonomy mommy was like one of the first ones that I ever found. I connected with her almost right away. And since I'm a lactation counselor and not going to be focusing on clinical, complex, one-on-one issues, I started to dream up a scenario in which I focused on just basic education and encouragement around breastfeeding, like I said, with that theme of following your instincts, using this online platform, and just growing it and growing it. So I could attract people with my ideologies, you know, not the people in my town who I see at Dollar General buying Red Mountain Dew. (laughs) So I had no idea, you know, how far I was going to take this. I just started, I, you know, like everyone, I started from zero. I had zero followers and I just started posting multiple times a day. So if you're sitting there with zero followers and thinking it's not possible, it absolutely is possible. You know, the benefit of having an online platform and and being an online lactation professional this way is I've done this with zero childcare, zero leaving my house. You know, I can be with my kids. You know, I can do this in my living room while my kids watch Blippi or my daughter's at school and I'm actually like passionate about it and like I said I've I've I used to do other ways of trying to work from home like the MLM you know selling skincare is not my passion (laughs) so when you have a passion and you have a distinct vision for what you want you will just not stop. And so that's what I've kind of done over the past three years is just kept going because I'm seeing that vision. I'm like, this is going to happen for me. I'm not going to stop. So, you know, I still may complete the IBCLC when the kids are older, but it's becoming less and less attractive to me when I can help and encourage women the way I'm doing now with basic education using my online platform and using different streams of income and not just relying on one. I'm very happy with what I've built and how I'm helping people. So you don't have to be an IBCLC to help people breastfeed. You can do it your own way, you know, and that's basically what I did. You know, once I started the platform, I just couldn't stop. I loved it. So Like I said, when you're passionate about something, you just keep going. Okay, now for the Q&A portion. 
And I have a question here related to starting an online lactation business. And when I posted on my breastfeeding business account, I started a different Instagram account called at your underscore breastfeeding business. And I asked you guys, what are you scared of when it comes to starting an online business surrounding breastfeeding, birth, motherhood? And someone said, how are you going to do this if you aren't really good with tech? And I got to tell you, I completely am self-taught with everything tech and online marketing and, you know, automations and systems. I'm so totally self-taught. I don't think it needs to be complicated. I don't think it needs to be expensive. You know, I self-taught myself how to self-host a blog, you know, 10 years ago when I was blogging. Once again, if you're passionate about it and you're serious about it, you just have to teach yourself and learn. I mean, there's tons of free stuff on YouTube. But I actually put a guide together with all of the tech tools that I use to start my business from obviously podcasting platforms to course platforms to carts and how do I do my graphics and my Instagram post. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes, uh, subscribepage.com slash breastfeeding tech tools. So if you feel like you are I guess, deficient in tech skills, you guys can please, please, please check that out. We do have a breastfeeding story today, and I decided to choose Allie, who I recorded with, who also is doing the thing with the online business. Her Instagram is at Liberty. She has a YouTube channel. She's doing all the things, income streams, and she's going to talk about ideologies that had to shift in having a successful breastfeeding relationship. So enjoy. Okay, so today for the breastfeeding story segment, we have Allie. You go by Allie? Um, I do, yes. Okay. And she's going to give us a little story about her journey with breastfeeding. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what you do in your family? Mm-hmm. I'm Allie. I am in my late 20s. I just had my first baby with my husband. We've been married for, I believe, almost two years. I think we've been together for three years. You get to a point where it's kind of just hard to keep track. <laughs> uh, even though I'm very newly married for me, it's just hard because it feels like it's just been one big season. And I primarily podcast, although I got into podcasting through an anthropology degree that I have, I have a bachelor's in science of anthropology and I learned how to make videos there, but I didn't really like a lot of the culture that exists for women. And then when I became pregnant, I noticed some even worse propaganda and then when I was faced with the debacle, I'll call it a debacle and I'll explain later, the debacle of breastfeeding, 
I found even worse propaganda. It just, it doesn't stop. <laughs> like there is something evil out there that wants to put a divide between you and your baby or anything that's protective of that, you know, even between you and your husband. So that's what I kind of talk about these days online. Tell everyone your handle and where they can find you. My handles are at Real Femme Liberty on most of my social media platforms, except for YouTube. That's my more controversial channel. It's at Real Femme Sapien. Okay. I'm sure, you know, my audience would love to check that out. So with breastfeeding, tell me a little bit about how it went and how you kind of changed, you know, from the mindset of like the propaganda, like you said, into where you are now. So when I was pregnant, I didn't do any research on labor or breastfeeding at all because I didn't want to be disappointed. That was a gift and a curse because suddenly I was in labor and then I was trying to research a bunch of things and I should have done that sooner. But I knew that, for example, you hear this thing about having a what is it? Um, a birth plan, but really it's a birth preference list. Like it kind of happens how it's going to happen. Um, and you can influence them a lot of those things for the better, but I was very worried that I wouldn't be able to breastfeed. So that's part of the reason why I didn't research at all. And the reason why I was worried is because in my early twenties, I got a breast reduction and I didn't want to be disappointed. And so I was just very focused on formula feeding my baby and how I was going to accomplish that. But during my pregnancy, my breast tissue changed a lot where you, you experience the standard changes being pregnant without a breast reduction. But I noticed like new areola tissue that wasn't there before through all the cellular changes that happened. So I think that because so many years had gone by, a lot of things reconnected. I'm actually one of the few people who is able to exclusively breastfeed post breast reduction. So the hospital staff, they kept encouraging me, just feed your baby, feed your baby. I kept telling them, well, I had surgery. I don't know if I can. And then I got really engorged, um, probably, I don't know, day, day four or something like that of being a mom. And you know, I texted my friend. She said, well, the only reason you would be engorged is because your milk is coming in. And that's when it started getting really real. I was like, oh my God, I have to learn how to breastfeed. <laughs> But I started researching and it drove me nuts. It actually kind of uh, gave me a little bit of a, of a mental breakdown around week six. Also, feel free to stop me at any point in my story. I don't know how you, how you typically do these things. Just keep going. Okay. Um, so when I started doing research, I was trying to find a formula like one plus one equals two, 10 minutes pumped on one booby plus 10 minutes pumped on another booby equals fed baby every three hours. And that did not turn out to be true. My daughter, she actually, she slept a lot too when she was a newborn. So she would go like these seven hour stretches of breastfeeding. And I was just so scared about my supply. Um, well, she would go seven hours of sleeping and I would be very, very worried about my supply. So I got it in my head from finding this one video that I needed to feed my baby every three hours. And then I also had to pump every three to four hours or I was just going to dry up. I couldn't just breastfeed on demand. Like my baby looking at me saying, Hey mom, I'm hungry. I thought I had to have it in a specific formula, but between 
the pumping and the supplementing and the regular regular nursing, uh, it, it really stressed me out. And week six, I just started crying and I was like, I give up. I'm just going to give it to God and I'm going to feed my baby on demand because one of my girlfriends, she's a very based mom. You would like her a lot. She's like, you don't have to feed her every three hours. You can just put her on the breast whenever you want. And I don't know why I think maybe the hormones being a new mom, it's like a light bulb went off in my head. And I was like, ah, I can just feed her when, and if I feel like it and when, and if she seems to be hungry and it's been smooth sailing ever since, but I'm also a stay at home mom. So that makes nursing on demand very practical for me. And yes, I, I hate my pump. If I could burn it, I would. That was just such an awful experience for me. So that's my story. When you were doing the pumping and the feeding every three hours, was everything going well in terms of like weight gain and sleep and all that? Yes. My baby was fine, but I was not. She was fine. She was feeding, sleeping, cooing, cawing. She was gaining weight. My baby's small, but my husband and I were short people. So she's just going to be petite. We've come to, to that conclusion. Just the other day, we took her to see the pediatrician. He was like, she's a little bit short, but she's getting weight. So it doesn't matter. And I, I accepted that because they measured her small in the womb too, which you know how sometimes all these extra things, they can get in the way and worry a mother more than is necessary. So she was putting on weight fine. It was really me. Like when, when people say breastfeeding impacts their mental health, I understand it to a degree, but you really just need somebody to tap you on your shoulder and expose you to a different mindset and mentality. I find that anytime I'm exposed to a very basic truth and I try it out, for size. And it turns out to work out very flawlessly for me. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's the West. What I needed to hear. I just needed to hear that your, your body can do it. You can do it. And you don't need to do all these extra things because how are you going to ask a freshly postpartum mom to count every time she's nursing? It's like, I, I don't know she's been on my boobs since she came home. I don't. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that your baby was doing fine. Your supply was fine, even though you were worried about the breast reduction, but you were in your head about different rules and what you're supposed to be doing. And you're in your head about the whole, I guess, pumping mentality. Cause we see that a lot on social media, people saying, I'll have a lot of moms like, so I fed her and then I pump and I fed her and I pump. And when I kind of probe a little bit and be like, so why are you pumping? And they're like, well, I was told to like, keep up my supply. <laughs> But sometimes it's not really necessary unless you're having problems. Mm -hmm. So when you said you're one of the few that can have a full supply with a breast reduction, mm -hmm. breast reduction can, you know, inhibit people's being able to exclusively breastfeed. But I actually have a lot of moms that I've helped and also that have took, taken my breastfeeding course that have had either a breast lift, breast implants, breast explant, or breast reduction, and they breastfeed just fine. Mm -hmm. It depends on a how long it's been, which you said it's been it had been a while mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. So it depends on how long it's been and the incisions that they make. Some women have incisions that go around the areola, or some moms have like they've taken the whole nipple off. So that's no good. 
that's less likely to result in exclusive breastfeeding. But sometimes when you have implants, just implants, they'll do an incision underneath the boob and it doesn't really affect it at all. With breast reduction, it's a little bit more tricky because you're taking out breast tissue. But sometimes, like you had mentioned, it the breast tissue regenerates. Mm-hmm. So I recommend the book Making More Milk by Diana West. I don't know if you've seen that one. She had a breast reduction and she exclusively breastfed and she has held all these tips, so many tips if you're struggling with that. So do you have anything else to share like resources or what would you tell a first time mom struggling with this? I mean, to be honest, I would try to find a way that you can safely co-sleep and nurse because that is how I've been able to get the most rest. And that's how my girlfriend who told me you can feed whenever you want. uh, She, to this day, her and her husband, they have two king size mattresses and they've got older children now, but they all just co-sleep. For me, I have a Japanese floor mattress on the floor in my own room. uh, Well, the baby's own room across the hall from my primary room that I share with my husband. And, you know, that, that too, I felt people tended to overcomplicate it. And I know it doesn't work for everyone and everyone's sleep situation is going to be different, but that was something that really negatively impacted my experience postpartum and also my marriage, because my husband has started experiencing some sleep issues, having a newborn in the house. And if I had just figured out sooner how to safely co-sleep floor mattress, breastfeeding on my side, then I would have been a lot more well-rested. A lot of the final breaking points, I think, in motherhood can be very much attributed to, have you gotten any sleep? Because it'll drive anyone crazy if you're not sleeping. So that would be my biggest tip. Again, I know it doesn't work for everyone and I'm totally supportive of what works for anyone's family. Wow. It's crazy that, you know, when you think of breastfeeding prep, you think like, learning positions and getting a pump and buying all the things and really it's like just set up your co-sleeping spot (laughs) or like you know I'm sensing a theme here because I've done a couple of these interviews now and everyone's like I wish I just had known things before and not just tried to wing it so like that is that's the common theme here I think um so it's a lot different in terms of breastfeeding prep as to what like you know tiktok makes it seem everyone wants to promote products mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. hey is that it do you want to add anything else thank you so much um i guess the last thing i'd want to say is just thank you for having your instagram you've been in- incredibly helpful and you might not think it i don't know because creators get this idea in their mind if they're not getting the engagement or the DMs. They think that it's not happening, but I didn't interact with you for weeks, but it was your, your one reel that blew up where you're like, I nothing against this mom, but I don't know why she's pumping at two o'clock in the morning. You don't have to do that. You can just co-sleep safely and feed your baby. And when I found that, I was like, I was like, yes, because women are very social creatures and we do look for social approval and just having that voice out there and that brave face that's going to be enough to change some women's minds because we're just looking for the the strength to come out and be like, you know what? I think this too, or I believe this too. And you did that for me. So I just wanted to say thanks. Oh, thanks. That means so much. Um, yeah. And it's like you said, if 
that interrupts your sleep so much. So I think that's where people get so overwhelmed postpartum because you're doing all these things and you're not sleeping and everything's awful when you're not sleeping and you're like, oh, well, it must be the breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, thank you. Um, and yeah, check Allie out on Instagram. That's all for today's podcast. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and consider leaving a review if you haven't. It helps others find the podcast. Find me on Instagram at Instinctual Mothering and TikTok. And I'll see you next week.